Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Is everybody drinking coffee? Because I could use like a whole venti like coffee right now. Are y'all drinking coffee so y'all can talk back to me this morning? Y'all are not drinking coffee. The coffee bar is straight to your back, okay? Because <laughs> I need you to drink coffee because I'm tired this week. It's been a busy week, and so I need you guys to talk back to me this morning so that we can get through this because I, I am under the understanding that last week I went a little long. Um, I'm not sure what pastor pointed that out to me, but uh, <laughs> I went a little long. Not that it mattered because whenever the Lord's doing something, you just let the Lord do it, and you don't pay attention to time, correct? So anyways, Pastor Chris is taking the teens. He gets to uh, hang out with them this week upstairs doing the teen ministry, which is pretty awesome. So I get to tell you guys really good stories about him this week since he's not going to be here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of, kind of, sort of. Um, you want the truth, the whole truth, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. But <clears throat> I'm trying to make sure he's kind of up there. So in um in a couple of weeks, <laughs> it's nothing bad, guys. I'm going to have to ask him to fast forward this part of the message when he gets to it to edit it and upload it. But in a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating Pastor Chris's 40 plus one because last year he was 40 and it was COVID. So we're going to be celebrating his 40 plus one birthday in about two weeks. I believe it's two weeks. And I'm going to switch some things up, and he's not really going to know about it. So during service, I'm going to switch some things up, and I believe I'm preaching anyway, so I get control of it. Um, but we're going to be celebrating him, and a lot of you guys know he loves um, words of encouragement, like how he's spoken into your life. Every year on his Facebook, he puts something up, like how have I spoken encouragement to your life, or is there something I've said to you that shifted your perspective? So we're going to keep that theme going, but we're going to do it in-house on that. It's August 1st. I believe his birthday is on the 4th, but we're going to do it in-house. So we're going to have things that you're able to fill out to help encourage him and celebrate him for his birthday. So that's coming up. I wanted to throw that out there since he's not in here right now. (laughs) Hopefully he's not tuning in right now either. Is it next Sunday? Okay, see y'all, this move has got me all over the place. Next Sunday, okay, which I'll probably be preaching then too because it's his birthday. Um, almost his birthday. So this week, I get to continue the series. As you know, I talked about how the series was birthed in my heart, driving, listening to a song. And as we started talking after I preached last week, Chris was like, why are you not just preaching because this was birthed in your heart? And I was kind of like, well, because there's a lot going on and I'd prefer not have every week of this service. But here I am. The Lord changed the plans. You know how God likes to do that, right? He likes to tell you, you know, give you all this insight. And then you're like, you do it. Someone else take it. And then he's like, no, you're doing it. So I started last week talking about love and how it's called don't stop. Don't stop loving. Don't stop receiving the love of God. Don't stop receiving or giving the love to yourself. And don't stop loving others is kind of where we landed on last week. And I shared a little bit about my story and my testimony with you guys about how I felt that God was with me in every area of the story, my story, even when I didn't know it. But now looking back at from 38, looking back, I know he was with me in every season of my life and in the struggles and in the hard times and in all of it. He was with me and he was loving me. And in that, I had to learn how to love myself. 
we landed on um, 1 Corinthians 13 a little bit last week, where we heard it reiterated over and over in that passage how you can have all the wisdom, you can have all the knowledge, you can have all these things, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. And so I know I didn't give you some of these verses, guys. Um, But if you don't have love, you have nothing. So we heard that reiterated in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians last week. And I, I shared a quote, which I believe is definitely worth sharing again, just in case you didn't hear it last week, by C. Baxter Kruger. It says, and it says, the gospel is not the news that you can receive Jesus Christ into your life. The gospel is the news that Jesus has received you into his life. And I fully believe that when we really start grasping that, and I'm saying grasp because I think it's like a lifelong journey of being able to actually understand what that looks like and what that means. But when we begin to start grasping that and start understanding that and it starts clicking, we will start seeing God differently. We will start seeing ourselves differently and we'll start seeing others differently. So I had to go back and reiterate that because I really believe it's such a pivotal thing for our relationship with the Lord when we understand he's received us long before we ever acknowledge him he's received us so that leads to this week (laughs) and this week we're talking about don't stop hoping and what does that look like and some stories from the Bible where we'll be able to see how that can be um, activated in our lives and how I know so many of us, and I'm going to say even through 2020, but 2020, it, it kind of has bled into 2021 because things that happened then, it didn't just all of a sudden end. And some of those things carried on. And in some of those areas, hope was lost for some people, whether it was hope of people, hope for the people, hope in church, hope in your community, hope in your family, a person, whatever. Some of us lost hope in that season because it was a very hard season. But when we get to a spot where we stop putting so much pressure on ourselves to be our hope and we trust God, we don't, we release ourselves from that pressure. When we release ourselves from that pressure, we give it to God and we know that he's going to take care of it. And I think that's where that's kind of where we're going to go today of how we can walk that out. And hope defined, just so you know, is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now, this is not to be confused with faith. Faith and hope are not the same thing. Hope speaks of the future, okay? Faith speaks for the now in life. So remember that hope is future. It's you are hopeful for something like it says in the in the Bible where Jesus says he was it was the hope of knowing us that he was able to walk out what he had to walk out. He was able to endure what he endured for the hope of knowing the future of knowing us. Faith is the now. Okay, that's really important to understand. So first Corinthians 13, 13. I'm going to hit on this probably every week. It says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. That's why we started with love last week. But hope is one of the things as well that lasts forever. 
Faith, hope, and love will last forever, but the greatest is love. So we can't bypass hope and just jump only to love. We got to look at what hope looks like, okay? And hope is eternal because hope is in Christ, and Christ is eternal, okay? You're going to have to talk back to me a little bit. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I know, like I said, we've all probably walked in a season of our life out where we were heart sick, where something that we had hoped for for so long just wasn't coming to pass. And it tells you that feeling that you have when that's not happening is heart sickness. And I know you guys, we've all walked this out and and maybe you're walking it out right now. I don't know everyone's story. I know some of us are walking it out because I do know some of the stories of people that are a part of our church and people that are not a part of our church. I know their stories and I know the heart sickness and the hope that's being deferred. So I know that God has something for each of us today. Um, I want to land talking about two different people from scriptures today. Uh, They both have a story about hope. It's kind of a lot different because one is kind of all throughout the Bible. Another is just snuck in there a little bit. So we're going to hit on two characters from the Bible today. We're going to read a, well, I'm not going to read a story, sorry, because I didn't give you guys the scriptures for this. And I'm going to summarize it because it would be quite long for me to stand up here and read it to you guys. But how many of you guys have heard of the Shunammite woman? Has anyone heard of her? Okay, so her story is found in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 36. If you want to go back and read it, you can. I'm going to summarize it, and I'm going to leave some of the details out, but most of them are there, the ones that are important in my mind. Um, So there was a woman who lived in Shunem, and she felt led by God to house, to operate in hospitality, Elisha. He would travel to and from on his journey, and she felt the Lord leading her to allow him to stay with them whenever he was traveling, okay? So she offered this up to him, and he felt he needed to repay her in some way. So he asked her, what is it that you do not have? And she said to him, she said, I don't need anything. She told him, I'm fine. And his response was, he had his, his um, I guess it's like his guard. He had him figure out what is it that this woman would need. And the guy came back and told him, he said, she is actually without, without children. She has no son. And so this is what Elijah has told her. He goes to her and he says that he told her that in a year from now, you're going to have a son. Okay, this woman has already been on a journey, okay? She does not have children. I would assume she's probably a little bit older. She's probably not super young because she's walked this journey out. And the response she gave him in 2 Kings 4, 16, it says, No, my Lord, she cried. O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. So I know I've been in that spot where I'm like, don't play with my emotions, Don't do that. Don't get my hopes up. Because for me, when I read this, is what she has already done is she has settled in her heart that I'm not going to be a mom. 
She settled that in her heart. And here this guy comes who she's trying to bless and, and house him and take care of him because she knows he's a man of God, telling her in a year from now, you're going to have a, a son. She was like, Mm-mm, don't play. Don't play that game. And I know that because I've said those exact words. I, I know I have three kids right now, but four years after having my first son, which took me five years to have, I said that exact thing to my endocrinologist when she was like, we've got medicine, right? You probably are going to really have another child now. And I was like, I chuckled like, okay, you, you don't know all this that we've been through. Though my journey of infertility is nothing like so many people that I know because there are many that have longer struggles and do not have children at all. I know what it feels like to sit and hear someone say, here's a glimpse of hope. And for me to say, yeah, mm, I don't think that's really going to happen. Because I had to get to the spot where this woman was at where I said, you know what? I have to be okay if I do not have another child. I had settled it in my heart, and I had, I had allowed myself to be okay in that spot. That's where she was at. But after the Shunammite woman had told him, or the woman was told about having a son, a year later, it happened. It came to pass. So her hope that had been deferred, but that she had actually settled in her heart that she wasn't going to have a child, actually was revived and brought back this hope of like, oh, my goodness, this really happened. So then jump forward a little bit. Her son is getting older because he's old enough to go to the fields with his father and work. And in that time, it probably wasn't that much older, but he was older. He wasn't an infant any longer. And they were out in the fields working, and he starts complaining of a headache and a really bad headache. So they rush him home, and he goes in, and he lays in his mother's arms. And as his mother is holding him, he dies. This woman takes her son, the Shunammite woman. She is not even named by name in the Bible. She's the Shunammite woman. She lays her son on the bed that she had already, she had added this whole addition to this house to house Elijah when he came to visit. She laid him in that bed and she left and walked to where Elijah was at to bring him back and be able to tell or to go tell him what has happened. And she goes there and she tells him in verse 48, it says, I didn't give you guys these. I just added these just so you guys know. Um, it says, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? That's what she went all the way over there. And I don't know how far it was because I didn't do all the studying out of how, what distance it was that she walked. But that lady laid that boy in that bed and with hope in her heart, she walked a distance to go make sure she let this man of God know, hey, you said this, don't deceive me. I told you don't do this. She made the journey. She found herself having to put her hope and what she was promised by God. Because this man of God said this thing to her, that this was going to happen. And if she didn't do that, or if she, uh, sorry, if she did, she would have lost, if she had not put her hope in this man, she would have lost her mind. 
okay? Because I don't see anyone that does not put their hope in the Lord in this situation not staying at that bedside and not walking out every grief moment that you need to walk out. Instead, she said, no, I'm laying you and I'm going to you. We're going to handle this right now. And she made him come back to her house, and he went into that room alone. And you can go read it because it goes through a few things that he did. I didn't want to have to read all through it. But he does a few things, and the boy's body starts getting warm. And then he's walking back and forth in this room, and he does one last thing. And the boy coughs seven times and awakens. Guys, That's not the story for every situation. But with this woman right here, she put her hope. She had settled in her heart. She put her hope in what this this man had said, this promise that came to pass. She took the journey in hope that when he heard what happened, that he would come back and that hope would be brought back to life. And guys, I think that we have got to look at that, not necessarily for what it's literally saying, But what is it really saying deep down? There are going to be hopes in our lives that we may see die, that we need to take a journey in our life and allow the growth to happen because we may come back to that exact same thing that died at some point and it will be revived. Okay? We can't always give up. We can't. We've got to put our trust. We've got to put our hope in God, especially if it's something the Lord's promised you. Because I know, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself, but I know for me, when I have something I know God said, this is what's going to happen. And it doesn't happen that often. Like I literally don't always have these moments where God says, often it's Kim says, or it's my desires. And God's like, walk it out, do it, try it, see what happens. It's okay. And that's just how loving he is for us. But when it's a God said something and it doesn't go the way I thought it would go, I act a lot like my nine-year-old. And I I would say a toddler normally, but my nine-year-old, when he does not get his way, it is not okay. And it's like hours of not being okay. But this woman, we see her response that's so different. And I think when we read a little deeper into these stories, and it's literally tucked way back in, in Second Kings, it's tucked in there. It's not something that we're going to look at like we're getting ready to jump to um, the life of David. You know David. Everyone knows David, right? David's life isn't just sprinkled or tucked away in one little book, but how much we can gain from her story when we don't give up even when we see something die. But David, on the other hand, like I said, we all know David. David's story starts, we start reading about him, I believe it was in, let me double check, um, 1 Samuel, and we see David mentioned or talked about all the way up through to Revelation. His life is bled all the way through scriptures, okay? So we're going to dive into a little bit about David. Um, Let's see. When I'm sharing about David, and I think I've said this numerous times, I'm not sharing it from a perspective of saying he has it all together. Because if you read any of the scriptures, you read anything about David, you read anything about a lot of the characters in the Bible, none of them have it all together. 
But sometimes we like to think they do because we like to put ourselves in the version, the good version of themselves, of them. Like I said, none of us want to see ourselves as a Pharisee. We want to be the healed man, the man that walks on, the man that jumps out of the boat, walks with Jesus, the, the woman who has been healed. We want to see ourselves there. Okay, David is not perfect, okay? But there are some important things to highlight about his life and how he put his hope in God. So Psalms 25, 4 through 5, it says, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Psalms 33, 20 says, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unveiling love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Psalms 39, verse 6 through 7 says, We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing we will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. These are just a few of the verses that I I put together here that flowed from the pen of David. Only a few that shows us a glimpse into some of the struggles he's walked through, some of the hardships he's walked through, and the hope that he was grounded in. We see that David declares boldly that it is God alone that he hopes in. We see him do that. And, and we see that towards the end of each of these verses. But it's, he ends it that way. He doesn't maybe start it that way, but he ends it with only in you I will put my hope. David started out as a young guy. When we start seeing a little bit about David, he is a young man in Scripture. He's facing Goliath. And he's facing him as Goliath's taunting him. He's going face to face with this giant, right? In scriptures, we read about that. And I think we need to think for ourselves, what are some giants in our own lives that we are coming up face to face with? What is something that's taunting us maybe in our life that's making us question if we can have hope in God? What are those things look like? Take time and write that down so that you're aware of when, when you're on the other side of that taunting, when you're past and you've done what David's done, David stood face to face and took care of it and declared what God says. When you're on the other side, you can look back and see how your hope in Christ never fails you. So David was, was face to face in that situation. David also was a young man who was anointed to be king of Israel by the prophet Samuel. And when I tell you, that didn't happen right away. No, David patiently waited, and he served under King Saul. All right? He waited patiently. And sometimes in our lives... We will have giftings and we will have talents and we will have things that we know that we're good at, but we don't get to see the fruit of that right away. Or we don't get to activate or walk that out right away. What do we do with the hope in those situations? What does it look like when when what you feel you're led to do 
doesn't happen right away. He served King Saul. He was anointed before he served the king. He was anointed to be king. God knew what he was doing, I believe, when he anointed David when he was very young. There is something that happens for all of us on the journey when we don't get what we want right away. It's in the journey that growth happens. And sometimes if we get it right away, it might be taken away at another point because there's some things that maturity has to be there in order to sustain it. And just because it might be taken away at one point, like the Shunammite woman, and that wasn't God taking her son. Let me clarify that. In some of these situations, it's not God removing you from a position or from doing something or activating this gifting. Sometimes it's literally you need to keep on the journey. It's literally you needing to put your hope in Christ and saying, hey, this season is done with right now, but I'm not giving up hope because I know in my heart what I'm called to do, what I feel led to do, what I know I'm good at. But there might be a season that you don't get to activate and walk in that. And it's okay. We don't have to be, we don't have to throw the tantrum, though we do. I do. I have. God, what do you mean? Why? Why did you give me all this? Why did you let me see this? And then you just take it away. That was so fun. I felt my best. I felt the fullest. I felt like God was moving. Why can I not do that anymore? Because it's on the journey where you grow and where you begin to understand more about who you are and who he is so that you can better walk in that later. So I believe David was anointed at a young age for a reason, for him to be able to walk that journey out. Let's see. I, uh, I told you the whole tantrum thing earlier, so I have to skip over that now. But we do find King David, or sorry, David, because he was still under King Saul, we find David having to run for his life, okay? I'm telling you, this man has been through a lot. He ain't perfect, but he has got some hope in the Lord that I look at like, how? How do you keep going? So he has to run for his life from Saul because Saul turned against him. They were buds, and then that, now they're not. So he's running for his life. And David had to put all of his hope and God, because Saul was delivered up to David twice where David could have taken him out. He could have removed him, and he could have taken his spot. But David didn't. Don't fight for something. <coughs> That's not in the right timing. When David put his hope in God, when he had an opportunity to do something, to gain the position, because it looks like, okay, well, I can gain this position. God called me to this position, so I'm going to take it. No. He put his hope in God, and he allowed it to work out in God's timing. We also see that David not only had to run for his life, but he had to leave his friends behind, his friend, his best friend. He had to leave his family behind because his best friend was Saul's son. His family ended up being Saul's family, too. So he had to leave them all behind. Have you ever found yourself feeling as if 
you've left so much behind. Feeling as if when you step in somewhere, you're no longer feeling like you're at home. David felt that. David knew what that felt like. He was so familiar with what that is and what that feeling brings up and the emotions that that brings. That's why I love reading what David writes because he's so real and he's so raw about what he's feeling, but he always brings it back to his hope in God and his trust in God. And like I said, that's speaking of the future. That's not the here and now. That's faith. He had faith too. He had to for the here and now and the life that he was walking out, but his hope was for the future. He saw past the circumstances that he was walking through. Let's see, in Psalm 62, verse 5 through 6, it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. These are all written by David. You see, David faced hard stuff. He faced hard stuff that gave him opportunity after opportunity to give up. And some of the stuff I look at and I'm like, I would have given up. I would have walked away from that. And it wasn't only on his life that he could have given up, but he could have given up on God at any point in all of this because he knew what God had promised him, but the journey didn't look like that. None of it probably made sense. And sometimes we will find ourselves right there too, where we know what's going on, what's supposed to be happening, but the journey doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But we are called to not stop hoping as believers. Psalm 60, sorry, I already read that. There's a quote I want to share with you um, by a great American author, Harriet Beecher Stowe, I believe is how you pronounce it. It says, when you get into a tight place and everything goes against you till all seems as though you could not hang on a minute longer. Never give up then. For what is just the place, that is just the place and time that the tide will turn. That is just the place that the tide will turn. This author wrote about the, the, um, the unfair treatment and the horrible things that were happening to the, the enslaved people. She is speaking out of what she's walked, walked through, what she saw happen. Don't give up because the tide will turn. David had rebellious children, okay? We read that in scripture. He had rebellious children. He had a son who took advantage of his daughter. He had a son who tried to uh, overtake the throne from David. And he had a son who waged war on him. David knew hardships. This is a lot that one person dealt with, but he knew hardships, and he also experienced consequences of his own sin when we read through this. But the beauty of God that I always want to point us back to is not born out of a painless life. It's not born out of a painless life. All the things we walk through in this life have nothing to do with our hope 
Because our hope is not the here and now. Our hope is eternal. It's within us. It's what Christ has deposited in us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. When we know who the giver of hope is, when we know that it's Christ that gives us that, nothing that happens in our life can dim that light of hope. When we know who gives it to us, when we walk in that, we will not allow the light or the, the light to go out of our hope. No matter what's happening, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is the hope. That is the hope that Christ declared when he was dying on the cross, the, the hope of knowing us. That is the hope that we get to walk in, the hope of knowing that God is good, the hope of knowing that he is working things out in our favor. All of those things are the hope that David stood on through all of those hardships. Not the perfect life that looked all glorious. Not the Instagram post that we think they've got it better than us. No, it was the mess. We get the highlight reel of his mess. And we still get to see that he landed with my hope is always in God. I've had the honor over the last couple of weeks of talking with a few different people from stories uh, that they've told me, from their life stories, from situations they're walking through, through things they just need pastored through, through things they just say, hey, I just need prayer for. I've had the honor of sitting with so many people in the last few weeks. But I also have had the opportunity to hear where hope is lost. Where hope is lost on other people. Where people are losing hope in the local church. And that breaks my heart. I told you, like, I, I love people. I love God. I love people. And I just love to see people walking in the fullness of God. But I've had this opportunity to sit with people that are losing hope in others and losing hope in the local church. And I want to encourage you, if you are in that spot and you've lost hope in other people, I want to tell you that people are people and they will fail you. Absolutely. But God is doing a work in all of us. We're all on a journey, and we're all going to grow. Some of our pace of growing is a little differently, and we have to realize that. I know I'm one that's like, can you just come on? Just just come, come, up, come up here and, you know, understand that. But, guys, we're all at a different pace. Our journey looks different. The church isn't going to be perfect. It won't. We can go from church to church, and it's just not going to be a perfect place because we're all people who have been hurt at some capacity. And so I would encourage you, if you've ever walked out and felt like, man, I'm losing hope in the local church, don't. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope in people. Don't lose hope in the local church because what God is doing right now, it looks uncertain. It's the journey the lady made from the bedside that she laid her son in to the, the spot where Elijah was at to tell him, you need to come back. It might look uncertain in some areas, and that might be with people in your life as well. But God is working. It also says that he works all things for the, for the good of us. He works all things together for our good. 
in Scripture. And so he's working things out. So my encouragement is I know that there's stuff that we, we deal with where we sometimes we lose hope in others. We lose hope in what God's doing. But don't. Don't stop believing that he is working. Don't stop hoping that he is doing something good in you. And just because something's happening to you doesn't mean you have to stay in that spot. Hear what I'm saying? David fled. He, he ran. He ran for his life because he was in an unsafe situation. So don't hear what I'm not saying. If something's unhealthy, you need to remove yourself. And you can hope from afar that God does work in this person or this situation, okay? But David didn't lose hope. He didn't lose hope. There's another quote I want to share with you by Jonathan Foyles, and he's a, I believe he's a professor is what, what it said. Is, it says, despair closes off the future, making us feel assured that all of our attempts at building a more just and humane world are doomed. Hope holds the door open, if ever so slightly, to the chance that it could be different. Do everything you can to keep it cracked open. Do everything you can to keep it cracked open. For the drop of hope that you can hold on to, for the ounce of uh, hope you can hold for someone, hold it open. Just a crack, it says. And I think that's where I want to close for you guys is I know when we felt led to plant Journey Church, that was like my hope being revived. It was where I had gotten to a spot in our lives where I settled in my heart that we were never going to do this. Because years ago, we really did feel that the Lord was calling us to plant a church. And it didn't happen. And, it, and it, we didn't see it come to pass. And it looked a little different. And so each time we stepped out and we did something, we were like, oh, well, maybe this is the direction the Lord's leading us. Maybe this is what it was. Maybe it wasn't planting our own church. Maybe it's this. And then we're like, oh, well, maybe it's this. Maybe we get out of the whole planting thing. By that point, we were like, we don't have to bear the burden. Okay. No. <laughs> no. And so when we started praying over two years ago now, what is it that you have for us, Lord? What is next? That light of hope, that little dim glimmer of hope was lit inside of me again. Because like I said, I thought it went out. I thought that it was not going to happen. And that door was ever so cracked still where it took some convincing of the Lord and it took lots of prayer more so for my husband than me because I was like, this is it. Okay, this is it. This is real. But we said, okay. We said, okay, to God saying, I think this is the time. This is what I want you guys to do. But that was a hope that I had for so many years that I just released. Much like with my, my children, after not being able to have my second son and walking through some stuff, I had to recognize in my own heart, all right, Lord, I'm going to release this and be content with what I have. But God allowed us to walk through that door. And we are here today because there was a dim glimmer of hope still in there somewhere to be able to say, yes, 
when he said, let's go. And for my husband to be able to say yes when he said, let's go. And so that door stayed cracked, though I didn't know it, that we were able to walk right through it. And we're about to be at the end of August, early September. We're going to be celebrating two years as being Journey Church. That's a big deal. We've come through a whole pandemic, y'all. Like, and we're still, I like to say, we're, we're still standing. Like, we're still here. We don't get to lose hope. I don't get to lose hope. If I go back and I write like David did, and I write all the things you've, I've gone through, if you go home and you write all the things you've gone through, you don't get to lose hope. You've got to keep the door cracked. Because our hope isn't in who we are, or sorry, in what we can do. And on, it's not in ourselves. It's in Christ. It's in what he's done. It's in who he is. It's in who he's called us to be. And so we get to walk that out. And I'm excited because it's good. It's good. God is good. I see hope in every situation. Every person I talked to over the last few weeks, I see hope in their hearts. I see hope in their eyes. I see hope in their stories because God isn't done with any of us. He's not done with us. He's using each of us. And, man, I'm telling you, if we just document some of the stuff we walk through, when the next hardship comes up, we can go back and we can be like, man, he's so good. Just like the Psalms we read over and over again. We see the hardship. And then we see where his hope's at. So I challenge you this week. I give you a challenge every week, I feel like. And I hope you've been praying, Jesus, disciple me into your love this last week. Because he's definitely highlighted that to me in moments where I'm walking and I'm doing something. And some of it's been personally, like for my own self, of like, all right, Lord, thank you. Thank you for discipling me in this area of love for myself or for someone else. So that's still a thing you can be walking on. But this week, I challenge you, right down at least five areas and we could write books all of us in here could write books I do not doubt it five things where you have seen God's faithfulness show up in your life and keep it somewhere where you can go back to it because when we go back and we read it I'm telling you it's encouragement so that's your challenge this week five things just five I'm going to pray for you guys and you are able to go grab your kiddos and have an amazing amazing day So, God, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you have deposited hope into us because we have Christ in us, and that light never dims. The doors never closed. And I thank you that as we walk out this week and we have things that happen to us or we walk through some stuff, Lord God, that you remind us of who our hope is in. It is in you. It's not in us, and it's not in someone else, but it's in you. And I thank you for that. I thank you and pray for a blessed day over each person that we are all able to just rest and enjoy your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.